Trek Geeks is proud to have Fansets as our presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every single month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com. Fansets. Our pins have character. Hi, this is Gates McFadden, who played Dr. Beverly Crusher from Star Trek The Next Generation. And you're listening to the Trek Geeks podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. Arrivals Department at Podfleet Command. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings to you, fellow travelers and non-travelers alike, and welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and this is episode number 304, where we are back from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, and unfortunately, I had to bring my co-host home with me. Oh. Um... Yeah. You'd think that after almost 10 years or 10 straight conventions of going, you know, to Vegas with this guy that I'd learn I could take a different flight, but I don't. He is the large pain in the posterior, Dan Davidson. And Dan, um, are those our bags coming down, the, the baggage claim? I don't know. There might be eight heads in a duffel bag by the time I'm done with you. Wow. I've, yeah. I've only got one, Dan. I know. I'll find some others. Good to be here, buddy. It was good to be in Vegas. No matter how much you can't stand flying with me, it's always going to happen because, let's face it, you love me. Until I move, in which case, <laughs> I'm not flying with you. Oh, you're going to fly up to Manchester just to meet me, and then we'll fly out together. Come on. Come on. Come on. No. <laughs> good. I get to fly alone. Finally. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's always good to sit here and talk to you about Star Trek stuff. And this week we get to talk about what a fantastic time we had out in the desert a couple weeks ago for the annual get together, which is now called STLV again. Go figure. Kind of nice to see. Yeah. It was like plastered everywhere. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about what a great time we had, things we did, people we met. And uh, it's going to be a fun conversation. But when is it not a fun conversation? Because you're part of it, pal. Wow. What do you need? I don't. I just want you to love me the way I love you. Wow. Okay. So Evil Dan has showed up. Mirror Universe. <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny you bring up the whole STLV thing because you know for the last several conventions it's been the X number of year mission. Yeah. And while that was okay, it's kind of a mouthful. I think that I don't know if this is true or not, but I have to believe they finally caved into what the fans do and call it STLV any, everywhere, but they're not explaining what STLV is. Right. So that's protecting themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing that says they can't call it STLV. 
Space Tourist Las Vegas. <laughs> that's, I think that's what we should call it from now on. There you go. Okay. S- space Time, Space TV. Space Time. Oh, yes. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, it was good to make a, a journey back to the desert for STLV. I got to tell you, in a way, it feels like we were coming home this year. Yeah. Isn't that, uh, isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that we would be like, oh, I'm so happy we're back at the Rio. But we were. And we did. And yeah, I mean, it's the Rio. Let's be fair. Yep. <laughs> but it was still great to be back there. It did feel like coming home. It was all the familiarity that we like. Uh, even though the hallway to eternity is still as long as it always was, <laughs> it was still great to be back there. It may be a crap hole, but it's our crap hole. Mm. And I, I just get the atmosphere, the electricity at the con this year was was really almost like the 50th anniversary. That's how how palpable it was. It was fantastic. Oh, I was just going to use that word. You took it right out of my mouth. <laughs> palpable. Uh, okay, don't ever use that I'm- sound effect again. <laughs> um, that was something. But it, it really was, it, you couldn't help but be excited to be there. Yeah. It, right from the get-go, even before things really took off. I mean, we got there early, uh, like we usually do, or like we try to last year, we had a little bit of a problem. Um, <laughs> so we got there a little extra early this, this year. And, and, uh, we got to, to relax a little bit that first day and then do the setup in the vendors room and, and get together with fan sets. And it was just, it was awesome. It, it was probably one of my favorite trips to Vegas that I have ever had. Yeah. I have it to really agree with was. you. Well, yeah. we'll get into more of that after the jump, but first, Dan, we're going to do a little business with America. Business, America. Bow. Bow, bow. <laughs> Usually all it takes is one note from me. You're a little off your game. Well, when you find out what happened during the wow, bow, 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 uh, in, uh, in Vegas, maybe you'll know that, you know, probably have a little brain damage, but that's okay. Wow. <laughs> Dan, as always, we want to take a moment to thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of Trek Geeks. Yeah, we certainly do. And it was it was so great to spend the week with our friends in Vegas, man. And I got to say, they absolutely killed it. It's so great to see that the fans love the pins that Fansets creates. And they had a ton of new ones at the convention. And now that the convention's over, these new pins are starting to show up on their website. Pins like the grooved silver Picard Delta in pin and magnet form, the Universe of Trek Vegas exclusive, which is Stamets and Culber, in like a, a like a partner pin, which is kind of awesome, glittery, of course, glittery, uh, and the very incredible Doctor Flox pin, autographed by the one and only John Billingsley. Now, for every one of these pins sold, friends, every penny will be going to support Ken Mitchell and his family as he continues to fight ALS. It's an amazing cause, and we got to thank John for for. Uh, autographing all of these pins so that we can raise some money for a good cause. Yeah, absolutely. He donated all of his signatures on those pins, you know, knowing that it's going to help Ken and his family. And we couldn't thank him more. Um, just naturally, that's just who Billingsley is. So of course, head on over to fansets.com and at checkout, be sure to enter the special discount code TrekGeeks for 10% off your entire order. That's TrekGeeks in all capital letters with no spaces. And of course, don't forget... When you spend more than $30, you're automatically going to get free shipping in the U.S. 
Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks. Well, you know, Dan, as we sit down here to talk about Vegas and our experience there this year, I would remind you that it was one year ago today, as we record this, that we got there about nine hours late after spending the night in Chicago Midway Airport. I had just gotten that out of my memory. Thanks for bringing it back. (laughs) (laughs) That was the worst. It was, but now we know that terminal very well because we kind of slept there or tried to, I guess you could say. You know, last year we went in with with a great plan, I thought. Get there <laughs> early, get on Vegas time by, you know, getting there kind of like 11 p.m., go to bed, get up after a full night's sleep, and then get to setting up. And yeah. Nope. No. But this year, <laughs> yes. I got to say, our, our trip was incident-free. Unless you love the sound of fire uh, fire alarms. <laughs> yes, that's right. There were many fire alarms or doors opened illegally at the airport at one point. But yeah, we had we had no delays. We had no weather. It was a great trip out. And that kind of set the entire stage for what the whole week was going to be like because it was pretty awesome. It really did. You know, it's I think the whole time we were waiting, you know, during our flights for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. I know I was. I said, yes. well, there's something that's going to keep us from getting there on time, you know, whether it's it's weather or whether it's, you know, the flight's delayed or, you know, what have you. And getting there on time was actually one of the most pleasant surprises. <laughs> it really was. I mean, everything from we got off the plane, our luggage came right out. We got a taxi without having to wait more than 10 seconds. And we got to the Rio, checked in. That took a couple extra minutes, but that's not a big deal. Uh, and then we, we just... We adjusted quickly, and um, and the next the next days came with a lot of fun stuff involved in it. It was pretty cool. They did. Let's let's talk about the Rio experience to start with, because mm-hmm. I, I think you know it's it's the first thing that happened for us before the con. Um, it you know I spent the whole week saying to people, it may be a shithole, but it's our shithole. <laughs> That's right, you did, and we love it. And I love is really not used that strongly, I assure you. (laughs) But it was very obvious to me that there was a reduced, not only a reduced staff at the Rio, but also a significantly reduced effort. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. The thing that stood out to me right from the get-go was the place that we like to hang out every evening at the Rio after any event or after anything that we've done is we like to go to the I bar, which is right at the front entrance to the Rio. You can't miss it when you walk in those doors that still doesn't have a revolving door, by the way, even though it has the (laughs) framework for it. Um, And that was closed um, several evenings that we were there. And that was one thing that really stood out to me. I know a lot of people go and hang at the masquerade. That's not really my place. I'm not, it's just not a comfortable location for me. Um, it, and it's right near those bathrooms that make the entire area smell like you're in a sewer sewage plant. Um, but, uh, that was the first thing that, that, that stood out to me with, with what you said, which I agree with hundred percent staff was, was definitely not what it used to be. I think there were maybe two people, two humans working check-in, and the rest was a fleet of kiosks. Right. 
we needed to see a human because, you know, we needed to update the credit card on our reservation. But, and we waited a good 20 minutes for that to happen, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, not only was iBar not open some nights, it wasn't open the majority of the day. When it was yeah. open, it opened at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And we came back some nights and it was closed at 10. Yeah. Which, really too bad. you know, for Vegas really kind of seems like early in the night. If yeah, I think when we've been there in the past before COVID, we'd be there till one, two in the morning sometimes. Yeah, um, and it allegedly would be, it would be pretty. It would be pretty busy and hopping. The other thing that was interesting to me was there was no live human concierge at the desk at the Rio at any time. The that whole that section that usually has the concierge um, lay a uh, sign above it was turned around and there was never anybody there. Yeah, and that's it's. It's really, you know, obvious that they are just really just trying to get by until the changeover in ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caesars, I think, put as little effort into this as they possibly could, and uh, to the detriment of the people at, uh, staying at the hotel and attending conventions. Quite honestly, yeah. because when you pay, you know, your hard-earned money to stay somewhere, you want the kind of features and, and accommodations and amenities that. You were used to when traveling to a city like Las Vegas that bills itself as like the entertainment capital of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And and their staff uh, and reduction in staff is one thing, but also common sense of staff is another. I'll tell a quick story that happened, which you're well aware of. Is uh, the second day we were there, I you know I had my clothes from the plane. I had the clothes from the night we went out to dinner with Fansets. I put it in a bag. I put it underneath the counter. No markings on it whatsoever. It's just a, a bag. And come to find out. Housekeeping took it, threw it away, or did something with it. I don't know what, but filled out the form for loss of property, a couple hundred dollars probably worth of clothes that are that are gone. Security came by, filled out a form. I haven't heard a thing. It's been three weeks now. I emailed the Rio a couple days ago, no response. So it's money that's gone, clothes that are gone. Uh, and that's really kind of irritating and kind of pisses me off a little bit. I can understand. I mean, although maybe it's kind of like what happened to Kevin in the office when he traveled to Niagara Falls for Jim and Pam's wedding. He set his shoes outside the room to be cleaned and they threw them out because they stunk so badly. <laughs> I imagine that it was just your smelly undies. Wow. Okay. Well, hashtag Dan smelly undies. <laughs> I don't like that hashtag at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you don't like the truth, Dan. <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you. Now, I have to say that of the staff members we encountered at the Rio, every single one of them was incredibly nice and yes. w- and easy to deal with. True. Um, and nobody at the Rio, as far as personnel, treated guests like crap. So, I mean, we have to be above board about that. You know, whatever decisions Caesars has made in in staffing the Rio, um, I have to say that the employees, they were making the best of it. Um, It's And we heard about that actually from one of our waitresses at Hash House when we went to breakfast there one Mm -hmm. morning. She's like, we are so glad you guys are back here this year. It wasn't right not having you all at a different hotel last year because we love this convention. And I think that just highlighted the whole feeling the entire weekend of it's great to be back. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's, it was nice to hear that uh, we, we already know that we feel that way. And a lot of the people that we talk to feel that way, but people who actually work in the establishment feel that way too. And that kind of makes you feel pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Like, it's like, yeah, thanks. We're glad to be here too. So uh, that was, she was, she was a great waitress. And like you said, um, all the staff at, at hash house has always been great whenever we go there. Um, and that didn't change this year that if there was one place that was staffed adequately, 
I would say it was Hatch House. Of course, they're not, you know, they have nothing to do with the Rio, so to speak. No. But uh, it was good that uh, that they had the people there to because big crowds with the with the Trek convention. That's well, for sure. when it was open, and that's when, the yeah. story of everything at the Rio. So, right. you know, not all of the restaurants were open the entire time you and I stayed there, and we arrived mm-hmm. on Tuesday, and then left on the following Monday. Right. All the restaurants weren't really open until Thursday, and that included Hash House. So you were kind of left to your own devices a little bit. One of the restaurants or two of them were open, you know, for uh, for some breakfasty type things, but it wasn't the experience that people were used to. But I think that kind of highlights, you know, really part of the problem with the Rio this year is that. I really don't feel like it was running at full strength. You know, the Starbucks in the by the Ipanema Tower was closed. The one by the convention center, when it was open, um, was, had a line that would be sometimes 45 minutes long. Yep. They were running out of both product and people with which to make stuff. Um, you know, uh, the the housekeeping staff was certainly running, you know, very thin. They were working some long hours. Yep. Um, trying to keep people's rooms clean. Uh, it's it, it was it was nice to be back at the Rio, but it was sad to see the state it was in and that no improvements whatsoever had been made in the three years since you and I walked through those doors. I got to think that it has something, obviously, I mean, this is kind of a stupid statement. You know, after COVID, they've just decided not to staff up for whatever reason. We've seen everywhere starting to get back to pre-pandemic levels in terms of how many people show up to stuff. Um, so companies have to realize they have to staff staff up because the people that are coming there to spend money and pay their salaries are going to be there. So hopefully that'll change with the, with the upgrades they're going to do and what, you know, we're looking for some some new stuff next year at the Rio. I can only hope that staffing is one of the things that'll be back to more normal levels. I have to believe it will be, um, you know, because uh, Caesars is past the point of caring. Mm-hmm. They're in the last year of their deal to manage that hotel. And with the, the new branding coming in, I guess it's going to become part of the Hyatt family. Um, that will certainly be... Uh, something that is addressed, I'm sure, because it'll be a, a marquee property for the Hyatt chain in Vegas, since I don't believe they have anything now other than possibly timeshares. Yeah, I, I that's that's something I'm not familiar with at all. So I'm just going to have to go by uh, your word on that because I trust you in all things. Well, and that's a guess. So don't <laughs> don't trust me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's not um, a lie. <laughs> we had a halfway decent room at the Rio. I had no problems with it. It looked like some of the furniture was new and some of it was very used. But <laughs> I've heard some, you know, some standard Rio stories from other folks about the condition of their room, and I am not surprised. So um, we, I, I chart this as we lucked out, quite frankly. Yeah, I think we did. My headboard looked like it had gotten some some uh, high mileage. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I was like, huh, that's not right. But uh, but yeah, we we did luck out. Um, and and again, I said it before. You know, you, you don't want to be sleeping in in garbage and a really you know room that's falling apart but basically that's all we're using that room for pretty much as we go there we're doing stuff we go there to sleep we get up and go um but uh you still you want some you know you want you, the company that is housing you to have some pride in what they're giving you so yeah uh, hopefully there'll be improvements all the way around but like you said we we kind of lucked out we didn't have any issues it was actually kind of nice we had a nice little table and a sofa and all that stuff that 
went pretty much unused, but that's okay. <laughs> well, and and the the pull-out sofa was it looked pretty new. I mean, the upholstery on it looked like it had hardly been sat on. Right. Um, you know, we've seen some of those pull-out sofas at the Rio that have looked, you know, almost as as worn out as the headboard in our room this year, <laughs> your side of the room. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting that we will be back at this property next year, regardless of what its name is. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only hope. I know they're starting a three hundred million dollar renovation, kind of like right now. In fact, they were starting it as the con was happening. But I can only hope that they keep some of the same room structure, as opposed to dividing up some of those rooms, yeah, and making them smaller, average hotel, you know, size rooms. The virtue of the real was that it was an all suite hotel. Mm -hmm. And I I think that that's one of the things I really liked about it. Other than the fact that I hate the (laughs) real. I wasn't, uh, you you think that there's a possibility they'll change the name? I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that. I I do. I think they'll rebrand it entirely. Hmm. Um, I I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I mean, it's due for a refresh. The, the real concept is what, like 25 years old or more. Oh yeah. And they haven't done the show in the sky in at least 10 or 12 years, maybe more. Yep. So I don't see the point in keeping the Rio name if there's not going to be some aspect of Rio. Okay. I like it. Why not make it a a really nice resort? You know, you could call it Hyatt Las Vegas if you want to. I don't think it matters. Yeah. Right. We know where we're going to be. When the Westgate was the Las Vegas Hilton, that's where the Star Trek experience was. And nobody balked at the name, you know, Las Vegas Hilton. Right. That's true. Yep, I guess we'll see. So that's the Rio. It's always going to be the Rio. And uh, here's hoping that next year, whatever name it carries, be it Rio or something else, that uh, things are improved for everybody. Right. Let's get to the con itself. And let's talk about it first as vendors. Um, I, I was really kind of amazed at how that vendor room comes together that quickly. We showed up pretty early on that Wednesday morning that vendor setup occurs. Mm-hmm. We found our spot, you know, pretty quickly. Um, we'd been moved down by another vendor that stole a spot and decided again. to push every, yeah, again and push everybody down. Um, but we, we had a nice, a, a beautiful spot, you know, as part of fan sets, but right next to Bobby Clark, who of course was the Gorn mm-hmm. in the original series. And right there on that main, I like to call it Broadway, you know, right. Because yeah. it's it's the main thoroughfare, that first aisle as soon as you enter the dealer's room, and uh, or first row, I guess. And what a what a great great spot! It was a fantastic spot. It, it was right when you walked in through those main doors. You take a left, and it was the table thieves first, and then Bobby Clark, and then us, and then Fansets. Fansets decided that they wanted to have us um, uh, in the front, so to speak, so that we would they wouldn't be blocking Bobby's table, which I thought was very nice of them. I had several conversations with Bobby and his wonderful wife all weekend long, and they are just wonderful people. Um, and it was good to see that their table had a lot of visitors and he was getting a lot of autographs done and a lot of selfies. So that was good. I hope he had a successful weekend. Um, but yeah, it was great. We got, and it's, it's amazing when you say it, we walked into that vendor room early and there wasn't a lot set up, not at all, but no. man, it does not take long for that place to get up, up and running. Cause by the end of the day, it was done because yeah. they opened the doors for the uh, gold members and the captain's chair people. And uh, it was ready to go. And um, 
it, it was quite a sight to behold. Of course, it took us like 10 minutes to set up because we have this <laughs> awesome new banner that takes like five seconds to to put it into place. And then we got to help out fan sets with getting all their stuff up because they had a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was really amazing. We were set up in under a half an hour. And I tried to talk you into going drinking. And you decided to be the adult in the room and help fan sets. So Every once in a while. Uh, yeah, uh, which is amazing because... I normally, hey, Dan, you want to get a drink? Yes, let's go. <laughs> you um, mean the one I already have with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't just have a tube running, you know. i got to get um, one of those camels next year and just fill it with martini. <laughs> yeah, this is the second year I brought a flask and didn't use it. Oh, man, that's sad. I know. That's sad. This, this makes us sound like raging alcoholics, by the way. <laughs> Which and, and I will say, one thing I was actually telling my wife last night, we didn't drink a lot this trip. No, we real, I didn't think we did at all. I no, mean, we, we had a, a couple drinks at dinner when we went out to dinner, but you know, normally maybe because the bar wasn't open very late, normally we'd be up late, you know, having martinis and hanging with people. And we didn't really do that this year. So I, uh, I saved some brain cells if I have any. <laughs> the two you had left. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah. The, the way that room sets up is really kind of amazing and it, you have to be done by four o'clock. Right. Because at like 4.30, the dealer's room opens for the first people, you know, like, I, I forget what level is, whether it's gold or, you know, I, I don't know. chair or admiral something or other. I never understood that. It goes gold, silver, captain's chair, and I don't know the order. You would think that captain's chair would be top. Yeah. Um, but it's Whatever. not for me to understand these things. Right. Uh, but it was, as soon as those doors opened- there was literally, and this is not an exaggeration. I mean, people are going to think we're making this up. We are not. The fan sets table was mobbed. It was at least five or six people deep and at least 10 to 15 people across of people buying product as soon as it opened. And I had yeah. never seen anything like that in my life. No, it was really incredible. And, you know, people say, oh, you're just saying that because they're the official sponsor. No. Well, no. hey, yeah, they are a sponsor, but they're a sponsor for a reason because they are the best Star Trek licensee, in my opinion, right now. And the fans seem to agree because that place, it was like watching a swarm of bees because when they, there was an announcement saying, okay, we're opening the doors. And then I was watching the front and it was just a sea of people and two or three people went off to the right. And the rest of them went to the left and went right <laughs> past our table saying hi a couple of times, but everybody went to fan sets. And yeah. it was like that for like four and a half hours. It was really incredible. I, I've i never seen anything like it. Now, of course, you know, um, we had plenty of people come to our table to say hi, friends that we haven't seen in either a year or longer. Uh, and it was just a, it was a great night to reconnect with people. Yes. In fact, that's what we did pretty much all weekend long was we reconnected with folks. Mm -hmm. Um, we got to talk to a lot of people. Well, let me back up for a second. At Mission Chicago in April of, of 2022, I was kind of stunned at how many people, Star Trek fans, had never heard of podcasts. Right. Yeah, you said La that a lot. Last year, we encountered the same thing. People who had either had no idea what a podcast was or had never realized there were Star Trek podcasts. Mm -hmm. This year... The trend continues. I don't know how many cards for our shows people took, you know, but we restocked them often because people are fascinated by this concept that people talk about Star Trek and they can download it to their phone. Yeah. Um, 
we educated a lot, a lot of people that weekend. And I, I mean, I'm grateful for the, the opportunity. Don't get me wrong, but it still kind of blows my mind a little bit. Well, look at, look at, well, there goes my phone. I forgot to mute, but hey, at least it's playing a good sound, right? Okay, there we go. You haven't muted your phone or your watch. (laughs) Are you new with this? No, really? Oh, that just goes to show you how discombobulated I am because of my work. And then I'm like, hey, you want to record while I have a few minutes? And here we are. Um, But uh, it goes back to what happened with with me almost 10 years ago, man. You said, hey, uh, you want to do a podcast with me? And I said, no, what's a podcast? And it is amazing to me that after being in the in the business, so to speak, for 10 years now, there are still people that don't know what a podcast is. But I'll tell you, seeing the reaction from people when they realize that there is a place that they can go and listen to good Star Trek conversation is really kind of awesome. Uh, we, <laughs> we met several people that ended up coming back to our booth five or six times during the weekend just to hang out and say hi. And they were all awesome. And and we have new listeners because of it. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm only, I only want to talk to you if you're going to listen to our show. No, we got to meet new people and have good conversations. And and um, maybe some of them will listen and go, oh my God, they're as weird as they are uh, at the booth. I'm not listening to them. But, you know, when they start listening, you know, They'll, they'll see that that what we do is is the is what we are and it's a good thing well here's a great example though you know because like you said not everybody who came to the booth is going to wind up listening to our shows but there was right. one guy who came up and immediately started the inter- interaction with hi oh I'm, a, I'm a toxic fan and you're gonna hate me yeah and I was like well first off I don't hate anybody really hate Except is me. really well but I mean <laughs> in all seriousness I mean all yeah. kidding aside I don't right. hate anybody because mm-hmm. I think hate is is vile. You know, I think hate is is destructive. You know, I, I we proceeded to have a discussion about you know why he hates new Star Trek and how you know Discovery did all these things and never you know essentially explained them in canon. And with every example he gave me, he was a hundred percent wrong. He's <laughs> but it turned out that he had never watched it. He just is going by whatever he watches or listens to online. Right. So if you listen to some of these YouTubers who say, well, you know, Discovery introduced that people from the mirror universe are sensitive to sunlight and then never addressed it. And I'm like, that's patently false. They did address it. Um, <laughs> did you watch it? And every time he would go, well, well, no. And I said, you know, I would submit to you that, and I don't mean this to be offensive, you're being incredibly hypocritical. You know, you, you want to talk about the Trek or you want to talk about things that aren't Trek that you love and you hammer this new Trek, but yet you haven't watched any of it. So if you sat down and actually watched it, you'd see that half of these things you've heard just are not true. We left it very positively. We shook hands. He was ultimately a nice guy, but that's just one of the interactions I had that really kind of blew my mind that weekend. I got to I got to give you a lot of credit man because I was there for that and I will say I was at the table most of the weekend so you can't you, say I wasn't. <laughs> you, well, before you get into that, I told people all over the convention to go up to Dan when you see him at the table and go, "Oh, you're actually here." So every time you heard that, it was because of me. Yes, that's okay. I don't mind. Um, but I was there for that conversation and I did not get involved in it not because I didn't want to, you know, pile on with the to the guy or 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 steal or steal your thunder but because when you are in those situations you are fantastic at at bringing your point across and here's the difference 
from him, having examples of your stand on a particular topic. And once you get rolling, there is no stopping you, man. And I was standing there with Joe, both of Joe uh, from Fansets. We were both watching the, the interaction and we're like, man, he is killing this guy because he's right about everything. <laughs> and he has the facts to back himself up. It was pretty, it was pretty impressive. Man. It's one of the first times I've actually been impressed with you. So congratulations. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> but, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, from the from the moment you approach this interaction, you immediately started in the negative and in the pejorative. Right. You know, I'm a toxic Star Trek or I'm a toxic fan, so you're going to hate me. Wow. Instead of just telling me about what you love. Mm-hmm. I said, so why don't you tell me what you love? And he started talking about how much he loves Voyager. And I said, see, isn't that so much more enjoyable to talk about? Yes. And... I, and that's what I really tried to leave with people is that when we do these podcasts on this network, we talk about what we love. Right. And I was glad to at least have had that interaction with that guy. Maybe maybe he thinks about it a little more. Maybe he changes his mind about some stuff. Or maybe he just talks a little more about the things that really excite him about Star Trek. And that's important. I mean, that's that's why we have Camp Kittimer, right? We have Camp Kittimer for a place for people to talk about what they love. We don't allow the negativity. We don't allow any of the bashing. We don't allow the toxicity. And people seem to have fun there. So, uh, yeah, you handled it great. It was um, it, it was something to behold. I wish I had had my phone on to videotape the whole thing because it was it was just great. And one thing that you do, which I always love, except when it's to me, is when you start talking about <laughs> stuff that you really feel good. You use words that are that are multiple syllable and have real specific meaning and makes it sound like you're a lot smarter than you actually are. So you really do a good job. So good job, man. Wow. I, there were multiple levels of just smacks to the head in this. But they that, were all complimentary. Um, they were what? Compli- complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? Complimentary. Complimentary. <laughs> that, is a, that is a bad Dan language. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Yes. There, yo, it, was so, meant, it was meant to compliment. Yes. So – Obviously, we did that a good chunk of the weekend. We were lucky to have so many great people helping us out all weekend long, whether it was Casey Shafsky or Sarah from Rewind or Chris Mumphrey. You know, we had um, we had fellow geeks there. Uh, every now and yeah. then we saw Ron Roble from ConPod, who was off yes. doing cons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, enjoying the con. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we had some we had some great assistance both at the table and at the party, but we'll get to the party in a bit. Um Let's talk about the convention experience as a fan. Okay. Obviously, we didn't attend a lot of panels, but I felt like the experience for this convention was probably one of the most exciting since the 50th anniversary. And by that, I mean, there was this electricity in the air all weekend long, and you couldn't help but feel it everywhere you went. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And and I'm glad it was that way because I'm not going to lie. I was concerned about this year's convention, of course, because of what's going on with SAG-AFTRA and the strike and the fact that you're not the, the people on stage aren't going to be able to talk about Star Trek. And I was really concerned, is it going to cause less people to show up? Are they not going to enjoy the panels? And like you said, we didn't get to go to any of the panels. We were in line uh, for an autograph for one of them, and somebody on stage said the words Star Trek, and all of a sudden a big red alert sound went through throughout the entire auditorium to warn them that they're not supposed to do that. But 
you're right. It was electric. People were excited and people would come back into the vendors room after being to different panels, just completely ecstatic about what they just saw and, and heard. And so I'm very glad that that was the case. Yeah, me too. Um, it was, it was great to see people excited to be going to panels and to photo ops. We saw some lines for some photo ops, you know, in the, uh, in the, the main hallway that were just unreal with how long they were, you know, yeah. whether it was for Jerry Ryan or, or Bill Shatner or some of the other, you know, huge names at the top of the, the marquee for the weekend, you know, a- Anson Mountain, Ethan Peck and, and Michelle Hurd and a whole bunch of other people. It was, um, it was amazing to see it feel like normal, but better because we were all back where we belong. Yep. And, it's Absolutely. weird to say where we belong because it's the Rio and I keep coming back to that, but I really <laughs> kind of feel like it's our home away from home when it comes to conventions. It is. At, at least it is for me 100% because that's the only one that I had been to before last year's little detour. You've been to other ones in the past. I have not. It's always been the Rio. So for me, that is home. You know, I'm coming home. Yeah. It's been a long road. So, oh, so. shut the F up. um i do have to say the the content on the roddenberry stage once again was fantastic you know we had a we had our stump the stump the geek panel there which of course you reigned victorious again so much um um we've committed next year to do i've committed next year to doing geek the stump on the roddenberry stage Mm -hmm. um because people want it um and who am i to deny my adoring public quite frankly Absolutely. And, and I would, I will keep you to your word and I promise I won't be, uh, as difficult with questions as you were. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm patting myself right now on the back that captains of the enterprise bonus question. I'm always going to love that one. And I watched the video that Ron Robel took the other day and I was pretty excited when I got the last one and everybody started cheering. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Ron Robel from ConPod took video of that particular panel and we've put it up on our Patreon for our subscribers to view. It's just cell phone video. It's not anything that was, you know, like produced with multi-camera or microphone inputs. But if uh, if you're a, a Patreonical, you can see it up on our Patreon portal. Or if you're not, you can go to patreon.com slash truckgeeks. Um, so speaking of, uh, so speaking of the Roddenberry stage, I wanted to tell everybody a quick story for those who wouldn't be there. And it's something that I'm sure you're going to be very excited, uh, to hear again, because you were hoping. Um, but the day before our panel, um, I had the pleasure of being a guest again for John champions match game that he likes to put on every year. And we had a great, uh, panel this year. And I, of course, donned my Guy Fieri, uh, cosplay that your wife got for me several years ago. And, and I was pretty excited about this. So I was going to, as you usual john john and guy always have this banter back and forth so i was looking forward to it and i'm i'm on my way down to the to the roddenberry stage and i'm like you know i want to do something different this year so what i'm going to do i'm going to stop at the guy fieri donkey whatever (laughs) restaurant it's called on the uh, down the hallway to eternity and i'm going to order me (laughs) some some tacos and i'm going to walk on stage eating a guy fieri taco so i was pretty excited i get up to the window at the taco place and they all stopped because they thought I was really Guy Fieri, and they were so excited that I was stopping at one of quote my restaurants to get something to eat. So I, I wanted to shatter the the the, so, the excitement so wait, so really wait. fast. Did they give it to you for free? <laughs> no, no. They're like chef. Oh my god, chef. How are you? It's so good to see you. And I'm like, okay, well, hold on a second. And I lifted my hat 
to because I have the hat with the hair, and they were like, "Oh!" But they still all took selfies with me, which was kind of funny. So it, that was a kind of kind of a cute moment. So I have my tacos, and I go down, and I'm backstage talking to John and everybody else who's going to be there. Bonnie Gordon was there, and John Billingsley, and and Connor, and um, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? James, I don't know, some director guy. I don't know really what his name. James Kerwin or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, um, but uh, I, just kidding. James Kerwin is awesome. So. They're introducing us, and I always go out last for these things. So I come out from behind the curtain, and I've got a taco in my mouth, and I'm eating it, and I'm waving to the crowd, and I go over to the left because I'm supposed to take the last chair in the back on the left. And let me tell you something, buddy. As you know, those lights shining on the stage are really bright. So I walked behind the chairs, and I took a couple steps and went right off the stage, flying, and I fell into a keyboard that was in a like cushioned container. And as I was falling, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going with this. So I started flailing the legs and the arms and everything to make it look like it was supposed to have been part of the act. Didn't hurt myself, but I never dropped the taco. That's the important <laughs> part of this lesson. So I jumped back up on stage, get in my chair and we had a fun match game, but yeah, I almost broke my leg. <laughs> it's amazing. Cause normally, cause I've usually written the questions for match game every year in advance. Um, mm-hmm. and John champion and I actually g- took a side room at the convention and wrote them about an hour before that panel yes. happened. Um, and they were, great. and it was, it was, it was fun. You know, cause we've watched enough match game between us to, you know, to come up with some stuff that's fun. And, um, yeah. I wish I could have seen Maybe you fall in person because, yeah. um, it would probably would have been the most exciting part of the weekend for me. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been. I'm surprised I haven't seen any uh, online. I don't know if anybody recorded Match Game, but if anybody listening has, please make sure you send it to us because I'd love to see myself falling like a fool. All I can think of is Chevy Chase on the original SNL when he yeah. would, you know, imit- mm-hmm. imitate, and I use that in very loose quotes, uh, Jerry Ford falling down Jerry the Ford. stairs all the time because um, he yep. didn't look anything like Gerald Ford. He just no, looked like Chevy Chase in his suit. Right, exactly. But uh, it was, I'll tell you what, now I know why, you know, famous people doing concerts and stuff on stage sometimes fall off the stage because you cannot see the end of the stage. So you got to really really know your bearings. So, but I'm okay. Sorry to say, buddy. So (laughs) let's talk about the biggest event of our week. Um, And we talked about this for a long time. It was our annual Fan Geeks party, this time held at Millennium Fandom Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, a brand new home for us, but we also did Trek Geeks live in Las Vegas and recorded a live podcast at the venue, which w- yeah. we've never even tried. <laughs> no, it was, it was a, it was a big, bold step. And you, and you, in the a few months ago, as you often do, you send me a message that says, so I got an idea and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you and hear you, about my idea for you, next year? Yeah, you pitched the idea, and I'm like, wow, that sounds like that could be really kind of awful. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it sounded like a good idea, and and we did it, and we we pulled it off. And the Fan Geeks party is one of my favorite moments of the entire weekend. Um, it always has been. It always will be. Uh, we had an absolutely fantastic turnout. The place was just jammed full of people. Um, and Millennium Fandom is the place to be for something like this. It is nerd mania, nerdvana, whatever you want to say. It is great. The atmosphere is great. Uh, Alex is fantastic. Uh, and we had a blast. 
We really did. You know, there were some hiccups as we got on site, but uh, those were immediately corrected to the best of their abilities, you know, with the audio setup mm-hmm. and, and whatever else. Um, and we were able to to fill a room with people and record a live Trek Geeks and um, watch John Billingsley strip, which I yeah, never in my life was- thought would ever happen. And hope it never does again. Yeah, uh, of course, we had John Billingsley. We had Bonnie Gordon from Prodigy. And, of course, Michelle Hurd showed up. And, oh, my God, what a wonderful human being she is. But in the middle of the the podcast, uh, we were talking about SAG-AFTRA. And John brought up the point that we're always looking to raise money for SAG-AFTRA. So he just said, okay, I'm going to do a, a, a strip tease right here and see what we can raise. And he did. He got up and he started taking clothes off, people. He started with his 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 outer shirt i guess you could say and he draped it over my head and that's a nightmare that i still have to this very day and probably the rest <laughs> of my life uh, and by two two minutes later when people were begging him to stop people had stuck 250 dollars into his waistband so they raised 250 dollars for sag after in about three minutes time um so it, it was worth it <laughs> Usually in Vegas, that comes with a bottle of champagne, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, it was, it it was an amazing evening. You know, we, we have the audio, which of course we'll drop next week, um, as our episode, um, you know, a live discussion with, with Michelle Hurd and John Billingsley and Bonnie Gordon. And it was just, it was fun. We, we went into it thinking it was going to be one thing and, while we were doing it, it evolved into something else entirely that was just even a hundred times better than we could have planned. It really was. The The people were excited. They were happy to be there. They had a good time. I know that the the staff at Millennium Phantom, first of all, they were absolutely amazing and uh, want to give special shout out to them, but they had a blast too. Uh, I was talking to the manager of the bar and he said that, you know, they have a lot of parties there and there's a lot of cosplay going on all the time, but, but he said that the the people that came for our party were just something special and he cannot wait until the next time that we can do it with them. Yeah. And of course, with regard to next year, no decisions have been made yet. Right. Um, We know that we know that it was a tight venue. There were even more people who showed up than the number of, of ticketed folks and even some who weren't responding to the meetup that millennium fandom had. There were other people beyond that. So, um, obviously, you know, between fansets and us, we'll take a look at what worked this year, what didn't, and look to create a, a way forward. So that that's all we yep. can do. But um, the largest giveaway ever of fansets pins, um, oh yeah, was <laughs> was was something else. Um, we've Lots done a of lot of giveaways, stuff. and that crowd was right there for it. They really were. And, and, and in the crowd, which was also great for the second year in a row, Doug Jones was there and, and other folks from Cool Waters. It was great to see them. Uh, and they are a great bunch of people. Doug, there's some great pictures on Millennium's uh, Facebook page of Doug hanging out with people uh, in the crowd. And, and again, anytime you see a picture with Doug Jones, he's usually hugging somebody's face. Um, so uh, it, was, it was nice of them to show up. And, and from what I understand, they had a fantastic time this year. So it was really great. And and to get back to the podcast for a second, not being able to talk about Star Trek, which we've already mentioned, 
they still were so passionate, all three of them, about the things that they talked about. Of course, the biggest being the the uh, the strike going on in Hollywood right now. And and I got to hand it, especially to Michelle, because she's one of the lead people, and she's responsible basically for getting the convention to actually be able to take place um, because she loves the fans. And for her to show up there and be as warm and wonderful as she was, and it's as if we had known her for years, I got a I got a special love and appreciation for that woman for what um, she brought to the table that night. So thanks to everybody, but Michelle was something else. Absolutely, and without a doubt, you know. So there were some folks there who were kind of surprised that we wanted them to be quiet during a live podcast recording. <laughs> so when you hear the audio next week, there are times where people are being shushed, and even Michelle Hurd is getting into it, and <laughs> she was the main shusher yeah. at one point. She um, was, but yep. because you know the, this noise would rise up from the back of the room, and I don't know if his people didn't realize we were doing a live podcast, which we were very open about, um, or just didn't <laughs> really care, and that's fine. I don't think they really. Um, so I don't really think they really cared because every time the shushing would happen, everybody would shush, and then we'd start our conversation again, and then the noise would pick up again. So, and, and I get it; it's a bar, you know. It I mean, yeah. People are going to talk. People are going to have a few drinks. People are going to laugh and carry on. And um, uh, it, it gives us something to think about for next year. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I have I have to say that, you know, to, to kind of steer our conversation toward the end of, of things, um, Creation did a really great job with the programming this year, with the, the accessibility to vendors with laying out the autographs in the vendor hall, um, because that was very different this year. Yes, everything it was. about it, everything 95% of the things under their control went incredibly smoothly from my perspective. Agreed. Uh, especially, like you said, especially the autographs. I know that last year there were a lot of issues with autograph lines blocking vendor tables, and they're there to make money and sell their product, which we totally understand. So this year they had a whole, was it three quarters, three fifths of the entire vendor's room was set up to be autographed so that you weren't blocking vendor tables. And I got to give them credit yeah. for doing that. It was It was nice to see. Absolutely. Where it went awry was, I think, the autographs in the main theater. Whereas previously, you know, they were isolated to, you know, the very sides of the stage, whether extreme mm -hmm. stage right or extreme stage left. Um, they were sometimes in the back of the theater and the lines were going down the aisles. And there were times where the lines went incredibly slowly. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you see PDFs 1 through 25 up on the screen for about an hour and a half. And it's like, it cannot take 90 minutes to move 25 people through this line because this line is exactly. not moved. So mm -hmm. I, I, there is definitely some improvements. This is the second year in a row I was unable to get Melissa Navia's autograph because of the line not moving. Yeah. Same. Um, and that's, right. uh, I think that's a problem. And we had the party to get ready yeah. for it is. And, and there's always room for improvement wherever you do something. But that is something that is, it's not only, um, it's extremely frustrating, especially when you see that you buy, you buy a PDF. Okay. So you have a ticket, 
you should not have to be in numerical order simply because of when you purchased that ticket online and had to pay a processing fee to use your own printer to print it out. Right. You have a ticket, you should be able to get in line. Period. They don't do that. And they will actually kick you out if your number is one that has not been called, which I think is ex- extremely insulting and frustrating. Hopefully that's something that they readdress going forward and have a different way to do it next year. Yep. And really, that was the only dissatisfier for me for the entire weekend um, as far as the convention itself. You know, I it's something I wish could have gone better. Ultimately, I had a hell of a time. You know, yeah. I, I had a great time. Gary Berman actually even came up to our table as things were shutting down and asked how things yep. went. And we told him we thought it was great. And, you know, he seemed very happy. G- Gary Berman, the co-owner of Creation Entertainment, um, he was kind of making the rounds, surveying what people thought. And I think that mm-hmm. it was a probably a big relief to them that everybody had the time they would hope they would have at the Rio. Yeah, it was good to see him uh, come up and, and talk to us for a few minutes. Another interesting thing that happened on Sunday, speaking of people coming up to the table, is we're sitting there and, and you know, it's quiet in the vendor's room. I think Shatner might have been on stage at the time. And and uh, uh, an older gentleman kind of walks up slowly. He's got a hat on and a jacket, and he's kind of like scrunched forward, so it couldn't really see him too well. He stopped over at Bobby Clark's table and said hello. And then he walked over to our table and said hello. And he and he he says, I'm just I'm just walking around saying hi to people. It was Walter Koenig, for God's sake. Yeah. Just walking around yeah. on his own, saying hi to people. That was a highlight because I'd never had the opportunity to, to talk to him before. So it was really cool for him to stop by and say hello. Um, and that's the type of thing that I love to see happen at these conventions is is unexpected stuff happens that you'll never forget. Um, what was your favorite moment of the whole convention, man? Wow. That's, that's really tough because it's hard to isolate down to one or two. It had to be getting the opportunity to meet Michelle Hurd and to have her treat us like we were family she hadn't met yet. Um, she is probably... And this, I mean, this not just of Star Trek, but I mean of celebrities in general. Of all the celebrities I've met, she is most likely the warmest and the most, you know, open and and caring celebrity I have met in my life. Um, she she really kind of wins you over from the moment she says hi, um, mm-hmm. because she's just that. She she is a true delight. She is a beacon of of positivity and warmth and love. And that really was something I was not expected, you know, not ready yeah. for. I got to agree with you. I actually, um, when things were going on at the, uh, at the fan geeks party and preparations and we were all getting set up, you said, Dan, you should go outside because Michelle's going to be here pretty soon. And you probably want to meet her since you've been the one, um, talking and, and emailing with her. So I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. So I go outside and I'm talking with a couple of people and then I see uh, a car pull up and I could tell just by her hair that it's Michelle's in the back because she's got that <laughs> awesome hair. So I went down the steps and I just waited for her to come out and she walked up and I said, Michelle, I'm Dan from Trek geeks. It's so great to be. And before I could finish the sentence, she's hugging me and saying wow. how great it is to meet in person. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is going to be a special thing. And it really was. She and Doug Jones, I think are two, the two most wonderful, honest, heartwarming people that I have ever met. And like you said, not just in Star Trek, but anywhere. They were absolutely fantastic. Their, their kindness precedes them into a room or, in, mm-hmm. you know, before an interaction. 
And, you know, for, for people who see Michelle talk, you know, in interviews or, you know, you, you, you hear her talk online or maybe on podcasts, um, the, the person you hear is who she is. She literally is that, is. that caring and that empathetic in an individual. And it, um, it, 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 she's amazing. I absolutely adore her. I mean, if I, you know, remember when we talked to Sid on the podcast, Alexander Siddick, yes, um, during the pandemic, yep. and afterwards I said, I think I have a huge man crush on Sid just because of, of who <laughs> he is and the way he presents himself, and the way he yep. cares about the individuals he talks to. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Michelle Hurd. Um, Sid is another one of those people as well, by the way. Um, yes. But yep. she instantly cares about you and everything you have to say. And when you're talking, she is dialed in because you matter in that moment. And you matter in the moments mm-hmm. after too, because she'll remember you. Um, but she is she is that wonderful. And I, I can't say enough great things about her. I'm so glad we have her as a part of this franchise. Yeah, me too. I'm going to say something about her, and then I'm going to talk about my favorite part of the convention. But people, next week, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, buddy, because it was so awesome. Next week, the album cover that I created for the live podcast that we're going to be releasing is an amazing picture. I wanted to get the three panelists in the picture. But in the picture, Michelle is just kind of leaning forward with her hands near her chin, kind of looking gazingly into your eyes and you are staring right back at her the same way. Cause it was just a, it was in between. It was just before we came back from a break and she was just saying how great it was to be there. And that's the picture I use for the, for the uh, album cover because it, completely embodies what she is like and uh it was a great moment and i know that you were talking about it after so i know you loved it as well (laughs) we kind of batted our eyes at each other and i was like hi how are you and she goes i'm great how are you doing i'm like it's awesome to be here she goes it is amazing to be here she goes and you look great i said you look great you know it was it was it was pretty awesome so um but yeah so what was your what was your favorite you know thing or moment or whatever it's interesting, and I, and I don't mean this in any bad way, but you'll know why when I when I talk about it. Um, I was struggling with something before the convention, man, and I talked to you about it. Every year we get together for dinner with a bunch of friends that come into Vegas for this this particular week, and we go and have dinner at uh, Gordon Ramsay Steakhouse, and we've had a great time. You've been doing it longer than I have, and I've been enjoying it ever since. That Thursday night was the only night that I had available to do something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And I told you what I wanted to do. And you said, dude, it's a bucket list of thing. You have to go. Everybody will understand. So on Thursday night by myself, I went to the Michael Jackson one Cirque du Soleil show at, uh, I believe it's Mandalay Bay is where it was at. And I got great seat. I got a great seat. It was in the first row of the, of like the, of the um, second section uh, right on the corner. So I didn't have anybody to my right. I didn't have anybody in front of me. And this family came in and sat next to me and they were from the Netherlands. And the mother who sat right next to me was the only one who spoke English. So I would, she was like, oh, you're here by yourself. And I said, well, I'm here at the show tonight on my own because it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, and because Michael Jackson's music was very important to me back in, during the 80s. I'm here for a Star Trek convention, but this is something I wanted to do. And I warned her, I said, chances are I'm going to be a little emotional during this show. (laughs) And so she said, okay, no problem. And she turned back and talked to her her family in whatever language she was speaking. And the only words that I made that I could understand were the words Star Trek. Everything else was Star Trek. So I'm like, okay. So she's telling them from Star Trek convention. Dude, that was the most amazing 
two hours, I think I can remember watching something. I was sobbing during the show and I'm not, a, I'm not embarrassed to say it at the end of the show. There's a certain part of the show, which I'm not going to spoil for anybody. It's towards the end. I was ugly crying like ridiculously. It was such an incredible performance. Those people on stage are unbelievable entertainers and acrobats, and they do things that could kill them if they do it wrong. And they were fantastic. It was the best show I have ever seen. And I thank you for pushing me to do it because I didn't want to miss dinner with you guys. And you said, Nope, you got to do it. And it was absolutely incredible. So your favorite moment is something that doesn't even involve Trek geeks or star Trek. (laughs) Yep. That's what, what a, I knew you were going to say, but, but yeah. What what a fucking jerk. <laughs> Selfishly, um, I have to say that. Second would definitely be the uh, the the discussions. Yeah, with, whatever. Uh, yeah, what, that's Elfani fine. Whatever. And, and John. <laughs> wow. Wow. Try to make up okay. for it now. Yeah, you've already Michaeled uh, all over the uh, place. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> uh, um, now, would yes, you say? Thank you. So uh, basically, then it's your fault. Yeah, no, but you made the choice. It's not my fault. You want to blame me for trying to enable you to do something to make you happy? All right, fine, whatever. Um, would you say after seeing that that it almost felt like seeing him live? Um, I will say I have seen him live. I saw him during the bad tour, and th- this was better. Really? I think because it had a lot more emotional I think because it had a lot more emotional meaning to me because I'm the type of person I've said it before. You can always say, Hey, where were you? Where Kennedy was assassinated. When, where were you where the shuttle exploded? I could tell you exactly where I was, what I was doing the moment I heard that he had died. Um, so it was, it, I mean, before the show even started, I had tears in my eyes because of the imagery that was being oh, shown wow. around the stage and stuff like that. And by the time the music started and the whole storyline and things took place, it, brought me back to the times if it wasn't star trek that was protecting me when i was having tough times growing up it was his music before all the garbage happened with all the weird things that happened and the and and stuff that took place outside of the music his music was extremely important to me so this show brought it all back in ways that i had no idea it was going to affect me i'll I'll be honest i didn't know it was going to hit me as hard as it did but it hit me hard in a way that i absolutely loved it was fantastic well, you know, I think if anything, the last handful of years or so, especially in doing this podcast or, or just living in general, have demonstrated to us that life is far too short and you have to take advantage of these mm-hmm. moments when they present themselves to you. So yeah, you were there for a Star Trek convention, but every, literally since the first one you went to, you know, for in, yeah. in 2015, um, cause I think that's the first one you went to the 49th one. Um, you yep. have said you wanted to go to this every single year. And I think it's, I think it's the best thing that you made time for it this year, regardless of what else was going on. Because like I said, it's life is short. Yeah. And, and you don't know how long it's going to be there. This is actually the 10th year it's been there, um, which I didn't know until I got there. So um, I'm glad I went and I would definitely go see it again. It was just, it was fantastic. As far as Vegas goes, that's an eternity, quite frankly. It, it really is. And uh, I think that it, it gives credit to what an amazing performance all of those people do. And of course, if you like the music, it's 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 an added feature. They could probably take a lot of the stuff that they do with the acrobats and the dancing and all that stuff and put it to anything. But when you add it to Michael's music and have an actual story that goes with it, it's just it's just a sight to behold. 
Well, dude, that's amazing. I'm glad you had that. I'm glad we had the weekend we had. You know, we go wondering what the week is going to be like. You know, we have so many expectations. We have so many things that we don't do because we Mm -hmm. would never sleep if that were the case. But we had the time of our (laughs) lives this year. And yeah, there's only 340 some odd days till we do it again. So get ready. <laughs> we got to start planning now. We got a lot of work to do, my friend. <laughs> well, the idea I had the other day, and I'm going to spring this on you now, is that Jack Quaid tweeted about oh, you know, something boy. about beer pong. And I said, well, Jack, next August, the Trek convention, uh, beer pong for charity. Let's do it. So let's, he hasn't replied, but let's. We could theoretically organize a charity beer pong tournament. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you're in. You don't even can drink be mar- beer. Can it be martinis on my nope. side? No, you can't do that with I was gonna b- say. beer pong. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we'll pick a beer that's like water. I'll do. I'll, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice. That. Oh, good for you. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm in. So I'm in. <laughs> who knows if this will even come to pass, but these are the kind of weird ideas I hit you with at random intervals. Right. You absolutely do. Well, Dan, one thing's for sure. I mean, obviously we're looking forward to Trek Long Island in May, but, you know, uh, STLV or the 58-year mission or whatever the hell you want to call it can't come soon enough because it's 342 days away as we record this. And we're back at the Rio, so we know it's going to be like being at home again. And I can't wait. I can't wait either. STLV, the 58-year mission. I'm calling it homecoming. And that's what it's going to be because we're going home. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to be in the vendor's room again. We're going to have a great time talking to people just like we did this year. Uh, and it has become a highlight of the entire year for me, man. And I would not do it with anybody but you. So there you go. That's good because I would probably hunt you down and then, you know, um, annoy you the entire time like I do now. Oh, so. so I was going to say like usual. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, of course, Dan. One of the things that was missing this year and missing every year for several is the band five-year mission. Our great friends who produce such great, great Star Trek music. One song for every episode of the original Star Trek. And as you know, these songs are not parody. You know, they're not making fun of Star Trek. They are giving us new ways to look at these episodes from different perspectives. And that's really the thing I love about it. Um, You had never really heard of five-year mission until I introduced you to them in the commission of doing this podcast. And since then, you've become a big fan. And we've heard from so many other people who are huge five-year mission fans that we just want everyone to go to their website, fiveyearmission.net, get all their CDs, get that physical media in your hands, and become a huge fan because we guarantee you're going to love it. Five-year mission. I love them. I love them. I even got a cease and desist order from them. I love them so much. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. uh, Yeah. So yeah, go out and get all their albums. And it's important. Get the physical media like Bill said. But Bill, I got to tell you, speed limits. Oh, they they suck. Don't they? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, they do. I I can't drive 55. You know what I mean? You can't Um, spell 55. (laughs) That's true. Uh, But in Star Trek, it's very important to follow the rules. Like that one time that the Enterprise D discovered that there was a race of subspace musicians that loved music and percussion and all that jazz. Get it? See what I did there? Uh, But then they found out that starships going fast was actually damaging their realm. So to save the music, starships were ordered not to go faster than Warp Factor 5. (sighs) 
you know, we've, fast. we've done yeah. maybe mm. 10 episodes yeah. this year. Here it comes. And this was the best was what you brought to the table. <laughs> Warp Farctor five. I can't believe I never used it before. That's the, that's the scary thing. <laughs> I just opened it right up for you. You didn't hit it. Okay. Thank you. I almost, I, you know, I thought you might've gone for something like, you know, the alternative Farctor, which I was convinced that. you'd use at one point, but I guess you have. I, no, I have. Um, I've, I've used that. So you've used the word Farctor before. Yes. So you're mailing it in now. So you're not even well, going to no, try. Because it's a different meeting. It's 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 a synonym of it's a completely different word. Uh, fa- it's, uh, factor has one meaning. Um, yes, but it's the, the, with warp and alternatives. It's different. So it works here. So you were being lazy. Okay, that's fine. You let <laughs> you let me worry about the farcisms. It's a tremendous strain to come up with stuff this good. It's a so tremendous strain to listen to these damn things. <laughs> you know, anyway, okay. you know. When you were a kid and you would see somebody yeah. getting ready to put their fingernails on a chalkboard, and just before they did it, you'd automatically start to tense up and you'd feel the hair on the back of your neck start to rise. Like, no, no, no. That's what it's like when you read a farcism for me. Like, I can see the nails coming to the chalkboard in like slow motion, and they get there and they get there. And as soon as they make contact, it's the, oh no. Yeah. It's forming. And, and down come the nails or out comes the farcism. And every time I hope it's going to be different. It's not. <laughs> what we got, what, what he read didn't take long. Fortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. <God. laughs> yeah. um, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll have another great one next week. Uh, you can be sure you? of that. That'd Fred. be a first. Huh? <laughs> An all time record on the Trek Geeks podcast. Dan will write a great farcism. Um, <laughs> next time here on the flagship. But of course, fiveyearmission.net, get yourself on out there, get all their discs. And we promise, we swear, Dan will give you his money if you don't like Five Year Mission. <laughs> don't forget, of course, you too can support what? Trek Geeks by subscribing to us on Patreon. No, he won't do that at all. I lied. Uh, where you can get all kinds of, of great perks, Dan, as, as we mentioned in, in our outtake that's coming up, uh, like Raw Audio. Yes, absolutely. Raw audio. Nothing is more exclusive than raw audio of this here podcast. And hey, Patreonicals, we are hard at work for our year five pin and t-shirt. And trust me, this one is going to be epic. But right now, we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. We are so grateful for their support. And they are Vikram Bhatt, Chad Clark, Corey Clay, Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Brandon Everidge, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Rick Mason, Becky McDaniel, welcome aboard, Jamie McGregor, Ross McKinney, Aaron Mollenkoff, Sarah Ledoux, welcome aboard, Helen Reed, Sarah Rutlinger, Tim Robertson, Desi Rogers, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Tim Serdar, Heather Sohn, Blake Strike, Lisa Tomlinson, Ron Robel, Kaylee Zawacki, and the gracious and the wonderful. Connie Hutchins. How many times in Vegas do we talk about Ron's last name? Oh, and I said it wrong again. You said it wrong again. Ron (laughs) I did. That's right. See, have it. When you're reading the copy, I'm fixing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) You are Ron Burgundy. I swear to God. Uh, (laughs) We also want to, as I die over here, one second.
We also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Steve Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Brian Hackwith, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Casey Pettit, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Terry Schull, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. Dan, the senior producer of Trek Geeks, is the one, the only, yeah. the mythical, the amazing Jude Tatman. Jude Tatman. Oh my God, he's so great. Big hi out to him and his mom. She texted me the other night. They were watching What We Left Behind, which was kind of cool. They had a good time watching that, so that's awesome. Uh, by the way, you too can become a producer of the Trek Geeks, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash Trek Geeks for all the details. Dan, next week, we're going to drop a very special episode and something we have never done. Very excited about this, man. Uh, Of course, we've talked about it here today, but next week, we're going to welcome three amazing human beings to the podcast. Bonnie Gordon, John Billingsley, and the amazing Michelle Hurd all joined us during our Fan Geeks party in Vegas. And next week, you get to hear the entire conversation. It's the Trek Geeks Live show, and it's next week right here on the flagship. I I can't wait. It was such a great conversation. Uh, I never thought in a million years we'd be able to pull it off, but we did, and you get to hear it next week here on the flagship. Of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts here on Trek Geeks. We have so many great shows that are all created by passionate fans who just want to celebrate Star Trek and Gene's vision. You can find all of our shows by going to trekgeeks.com slash listen, and I guarantee there's something you're going to love, Dan. Absolutely. One of the things I want to do right now, my friend, is welcome back our friend Aaron Harvey, who, drawn to Trek's latest episode, drops this very day as we're recording this. Uh, So congratulations to Aaron. Does it? Why? Are you dropping that? You're dropping it. As soon as we're done, I made the decision. Do it. Okay. Anyway, Trek geeks, no one talks Trek like we do. No one. Of course, nobody makes decisions like Dan Davidson. Of course, for all the <laughs> news on all the Star Trek show, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 304 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Coconut! 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 Is that because your battery has run out? Because that would be amazing. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Well, hello, Dan. Don't.
<laughs> Welcome to our celebratory outtake following our immensely successful trip to Las Vegas, Nevada. How are you? How are you? How are you? <laughs> that was good. Uh, I'm great, Bill, but that's not important right now. What's important is how are you? I'm wonderful, Dan. I am having a pretty, 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 pretty good day, Dan. I can't do this. <laughs> See, I could myself. do it all show long. I know because you're boring. Um, so no, because sense. I have I have talent. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what you call that? What you're doing? Okay. Yeah. Okay, Mister. Um, you know. Ten. Yeah. Most annoying Trek geek. Uh, yeah, yeah, Desiree, we gotta we gotta have words, girl. What's up with that? Wow, you hear you were my favorite like person ever, and I'm the most annoying. So I'd like to think she calls it as she sees it, and she's not wrong. <laughs> you are the most annoying Trek geek. She's not wrong, but she doesn't have to say it. Well, I mean, God, if she's not honest it, about it, Dan, it's essentially a lie of omission. There's a difference between honesty and not saying anything, but a, a lie of omission is still a lie. I know, I get it. I'm sorry. And and Desiree would never do that. She would never, you know, intentionally omit anything just to make you feel better. Yeah, um, that's true. You are the most annoying. Now that says um, she remembers you. <laughs> a try- positive spin on everything. Trying to put a positive, uh, you know, a bow on this as possible. Um, well, thank you. Plus, you're not in that picture, which is even better. So I don't have I to know. see your goofy looking face staring back at me. Wow. Wow. That, yeah, where did I've, this come from? I, what? I, I'm being very positive here. Oh. Okay. I didn't say ugly. I said goofy. You, Your face is a little goofy. <laughs> see? <laughs> People couldn't see that, Speak, but you, you made a face. Speaking of which, I'm actually wearing my goofy and so ring today. <laughs> Look at that. See, you are goofy. I am. You know, I always admired Goofy because he at least knew when to put on pants. <laughs> Donald Duck is like, yeah, Lord. Donald Duck, and Mickey always wa- walked around in shorts. At least, yep. I mean, he had mm-hmm. enough sense of mind to do that. But yep. um, yeah, Donald Duck was just throwing it out there, and I, he was him and Winnie the Pooh, right? Getting getting jiggy with it. No, 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 no. Now, if I do that, if oh, I walk boy. outside like Winnie the Pooh, I'm going to wind up on a list. Yes, and probably behind bars. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, which, oh, dude, go walk outside without pants. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that this is the second day in a row since spring that we haven't had to have the air conditioners on. Mm. It's been two beautiful Gorgeous. days back to back. No. July was nothing but rain every single day. And every day. We've had two, no- I, I hate to be the, the Trek Geeks weather report. Perhaps Katie Nicolau can appreciate this this aspect of the podcast right now. But we've had two very low humidity, beautiful days back to back. And it's been like, it's been energizing. It's been amazing. It's been refreshing. Yeah. Uh, it's been really great. And um, we're gonna actually, actually, when we're done recording, we're going to be taking our little pooch for a walk. So we'll be able to enjoy it because I haven't been able to enjoy it today. I've been up here working. Uh, in hell at my job. So, yeah. <laughs> How do you really feel about it, Dan? I don't mince words. Don't beat around the bush. I'm not going to say the name, but nope. I don't care if they fire me tomorrow. I don't care. I don't care. 
I just don't. So this is the same company that I was liberated from two months ago yesterday. Liberated is a good word. Yes, absolutely. You know, I um I look forward to it. Uh, for those who those who have asked, and some people have asked, and I genuinely appreciate it. How is my job search going? Right now, it's going pretty okay. I'm I'm in some some rounds of interviews with some companies, and and hope to land something soon. Um, but it looks a lot better than it did two months ago when I got laid off. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. You've been keeping me updated. I'm very excited for you. I hope something happens very soon. And uh, I hope something happens for me very soon, too. So I get the hell out of here. <laughs> so yep. we probably won't talk about this you know, in the, the regular part of the episode. So let's talk about it now. Yeah. You and I, my friend, in mm-hmm. May, yeah. going to the longest of islands yes. for Trek Long Island. Very excited about this. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. So for those of you on the East Coast, head on over to uh, the Island of Long and have a nice tea, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You can have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, last year's show was extremely um, popular. Got great reviews. Our friends from Fansets were there. So we're going there this year. And, oh, we're going to have a booth, too. <laughs> right next to theirs. Right next to theirs. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have fun. And it's close. It's close by, which is a good thing. So I like that. You know, I have to wonder, is ordering a Long Island tea on Long Island, or sorry, a Long Island iced tea on Long Island, a bit like wearing the the T-shirt of a band to their concert? Is that a little on the nose? And if you're in Long Island, do you just call it an iced tea? That's really a great question. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, but we'll, but you know what? Here's the fun part. We're gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the, uh, it's the last weekend of May, first weekend of June, or last couple days of May, and and it's the first weekend of June. Um, it's gonna be a fantastic time, and we're really looking forward to it. It's gonna be the first time in I don't know how many years that we that we've actually been able to go to a convention with fansets that's not Vegas. I guess the last one was Chicago, yeah, and before that it was never. Before that it so, was never, and yeah. to be clear this is the weekend after memorial day weekend yes yep. here in the states i gotta clear my throat because i'm dying hold on yeah that's all right i'll, I'll say the date so it's, it's thursday the 20 uh, uh i'm sorry it's thursday the 30th through uh sunday the 2nd of june right and Memorial, and Memorial Day is, day the is Monday on the immediately yeah. previous to that. So yeah. uh, for those worried that it might be a Memorial Day weekend like Mission Seattle was supposed to be uh-huh. this past year before it was canceled, um, that's not a concern. So uh, makes it much easier to drive to Long Island knowing it's not Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yes. Uh, if it was Memorial Day weekend, I wouldn't be there. Same. It's, it's just going to throw that right out there. Not going to happen. So uh, we're very excited. I know Fansets is excited. Uh, we've had some great communication with them. Stephanie, the showrunner, is very excited. We're going to be talking to her pretty soon. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It'll be great to uh, to see a lot of people that we only get to see once a year more than once. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, they've recently announced Melissa Navia from Star Trek Strange New Worlds as their first announced guest. And that's great because I guess she's from Long Island or not far from Mm -hmm. it. Um, Not far from it. And you might finally be able to get her autograph that you've been not able to get the last two years in a row at STLV. Oh, my God. And that's going to (laughs) come up in the episode as we record it. You guys will have already heard about it as you listen to this. But um, uh, that's my one real complaint about mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that, that's it. That is it. Aside from yeah, the fact it was that great. the Rio is the Rio. And it's clear that Caesars wasn't going to put any effort in. Um, effort? Effort? <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. It's obvious to me that that's, uh, that's the one thing I hope really changes next year. 
It's supposed to. Uh, reports are they're putting a buttload of cash into renovations there. So we'll see what happens. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. But we'll be there. Let's hope that also affects staffing. I would. That would be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So and we probably won't talk about Well, we may talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it again here. Um, All right. The Starbucks that's close to the convention area was supposed to be open from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., you know, pretty much every day. Um, it opened at 5 a.m. most days, but there were days where it was closed at noon or closed by 11 or closed at 2. And you never knew when exactly it was going to be closed because I think they were running out of things every single day. Because they didn't, they just didn't plan. So... Um, it was unfortunate. I think it's all based on, on people. I think it's all based on resources and they just didn't apply enough to this convention. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. What can you do? Thanks for the input there, Dan. Great job as always. Well, you know, you you do a great job of of saying, you know, I'm just the color guy. What can I say? Oh, that was a pitch. It was really outside. Oh, okay. Go back to calling the shots there, Skip. Just a bit outside. Ball four. (laughs) Actually, I was a little discombobulated for a moment because my VPN dropped. So you froze for 10 seconds. So I didn't actually even hear what you said. But I kind of got the gist of it because you started talking about the Starbucks and then gone and then boom. Yeah, on my end, you froze for about ten seconds. So my malicious tones never stopped on my end. Yeah, that's too bad. I'm sorry, everyone. Shut, (laughs) shut your face. (laughs) Oh, your face! The the first one since the con. Yeah, and one of a a very few this year. So that's um, true. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. The problem is, yeah, awesome. Your face. (laughs) Oh, there's two. Thank you very much. That's true. And that was um, a good one. So I don't mind. Shakalaka. Yeah. Shakalaka. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. This has been a good day. It's been a decent week. Nice. Good. So, so I got to tell you, as we get deep in okay. here into the outtake. So obviously, so, anytime you have to deal with a state government, it's oh a challenge. Boy. Yeah. And I had to deal with the Commonwealth of Massachusetts the state to our South, which I do not live in because that's where I was employed um, and their unemployment department. Initially, mm. they denied me unemployment benefits because I didn't verify my identification, which was something they never asked for. How can I ver? how can I provide it for verification if they, I don't know they want it. Truth. So they declined me for benefits. I filed an appeal and my hearing was supposed to be next week. However, on the notice they sent me, there was no location for the hearing. (laughs) I I got a date of of next, Wednesday the 30th. I got a time of 11 a.m. And the location had two commas. That's it. Hmm. (laughs) So I called. Commas. Yeah. So I called and they said, well, your hearing is actually in downtown Boston. Um, oh. Yeah, you have to be here on the fourth floor at the building for your hearing. And of course, that sent me into an immediate, I don't want to call it a meltdown, but I was decidedly <laughs> depressed. So my wife and I talked about it. We said, well, maybe they'll accommodate a Zoom meeting because of my intense fear of tall buildings. True. And so I called back and I got the same woman who wasn't, oh, wow. she was an absolute delight, by the way. She was one of the nicest people I've ever talked to. And I made her day with how nice I was in return. So I called her and her name was Barbara. And I said, you know, Barbara, we talked yesterday. She goes, oh, yes, Mr. Smith. And I'm not going to do the fake Massachusetts accent because I'm terrible at it. You know, mm. you know how, I, you. how are you? 
that kind you, of thing. So you do it anyway. Okay, well, thanks. that's my only example. <laughs> and I explained to her that, you know, I've got this, you know, situation where I am incredibly phobic of tall buildings and I'm worried that I'm not going to present my best self at this hearing. Because ultimately it's about whether or not I can get unemployment benefits. And she goes, let me stick you on hold for just one second. I want to, I want to pull up your file. So she does, she comes back and she goes, you know what, Mr. Smith, you made my day yesterday with your phone call. And I think I'm about to make yours. You don't have to attend any hearing. Approved. Yeah, that's it. All right. Approved. Nice. (laughs) Somehow I, I, you know, my, I was, I was verified whether it was through a login or something else, I don't know, but they reversed the decision and I don't have to attend any hearing. And I have to, I said to Barbara, I said, you know, Barbara, it's early in our relationship, but I really just feel the need to tell you this. I, I love you, Barbara. And she, <laughs> she starts laughing her head off. She goes, that's all right. I love you too. <laughs> oh my God. That is, that's awesome, man. That was, that is a surprise to me. You had not informed me of that yet. Yeah. So that's fantastic news. Congratulations. Thank that's you. Great. It was a huge weight because when I was told I had to go to Boston, I initially just mentally, I collapsed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't doubt it. So. Well, that's fantastic. I'm very happy for you, man. That's great. Hopefully it'll go smooth when it happens to me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll get Barbara and I'll be like, you know, that guy you talked to with the fear of buildings, I'm the reason he's scared of buildings. So can I have a pass too? (laughs) I'm I'm the reason he cries at night. (laughs) (laughs) that's great cool congrats and you are the reason i cry at night (laughs) it could be a good reason or bad reason we won't get into that damn it (laughs) i'm over here wow you're ugly crying wow okay Uh, you look like me at the michael jackson show (laughs) (laughs) oh god we'll talk about that oh we already have talked about that yeah people hear this well the patreons will know we'll talk about it later that's uh, true. For all of you non-Patreons, you hear this section at the end of the podcast, but the Patreons hear it first. So, yeah. because it it's raw audio, it's not edited, we actually do this part of the, the podcast first before we do anything else, so. Right, because we're too tired by the end to deal with each other anymore. Uh, an hour of talking <laughs> to you, and I immediately just want to wow. jump off of a, a cliff. Wow, okay. Huh. That's kind of harsh, but I, I get where you're coming from because I listen to myself for an hour and I want to jump off a cliff too. Well, apparently Desiree listens to you too because you're the most annoying. Wow. Technique. So see, we've okay. come full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Can we can we go now? Bye. Back uh, where I come from, we call that a callback. Back where I come from that, I call you a jerk. So, okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Are you ready to do this there, a-hole? I am ready. But, wow. I I don't even have a comeback for that. That's because I'm nice. Yeah, all right, whatever. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I've got like ten years worth of chat history to prove otherwise. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, we don't. We don't want anybody to see that for both our sakes. No, we're screwed. <laughs> all right, get ready, dummy. Here we go. All right. Coconut.